mom, you are being too much. And I was like, what do you mean I'm being too much? (laughs) And he goes, he's like, you're trying so hard. We just love you just the way you are. And that was really a reality check I needed because here I was trying to be the perfect parent and our children don't expect perfection. They just want us to love them. Mm. And I really had to understand my boys' expectations of me as a parent were minimum. I was the one putting that expectation on myself. I was burning myself out. What's up, my soul sister? Welcome to the Happy, Purposeful, and Free podcast, where we are all about going after our dreams, living aligned with our soul's purpose, and playing all out. I'm your guide, Katrina Lully, life and biz mentor, entrepreneur, mama four, wife, and big kid at heart. This is where you will get the realest of the real from me and our special guests about living a life with passion, alignment, and what's true for you. We don't do the small talk around here. We are all about being who we are, sharing the tools, tips, all the behind the scenes, and inspiring stories that empower you to boldly pursue your life. I will share all the goods on life, business, and relationships so that you can start living your happy, purposeful, and free. Let's do this thing together. Welcome back to the Happy, Purposeful, and Free podcast. I am your host, Katrina Lally, and I'm incredibly grateful for today's guest, Emily, who uh, we met, you know, I keep saying it over and over again, like the internet is so amazing and just the people that you meet and come across, especially when you come into this world of women who are really going through some things and they are determined to grow themselves and they're, they're running their own business you know, we're moms, all the things. I just love the community, how it makes this big, huge world just so freaking small. I'm going to introduce Emily really quick. Emily is a coach passionate about helping others step into their own power and become the best version of themselves. Born and raised in the Amish culture, she always wondered if there was more to life and could find, could one find true happiness? Knowing she was made for more, I love that so much, she made the decision at 17 to leave the culture and everything she had known her whole life. After leaving the culture, she got her GED with hopes to go to college, but then became pregnant at the age of 18 and married at 19. A year and a half into the abusive marriage, she knew she had to get out, but felt stuck since she just found out she was pregnant with her second son. Fast forward two years, she left the marriage and became a single mom. I'm going to, I'm going to stop right there because Emily can share the rest of her, what, what she's all about. Emily, thank you so much for being here and coming on and, and sharing your light and your story with my audience. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am just so excited to have this conversation and, um, just, you know, see where this goes, share with everyone a little bit more. Um, you're a single mom, you now run your own business. Uh, how did, how did you come to that space? Oh man, a lot of, a lot of the journey was, how did I come to that space, man? It's been quite a journey. So after I had left my first marriage, got divorced, I put myself through college and then kind of climbed the corporate career and got the corporate job that I wanted. And then realized that 
it wasn't fulfilling me. And then going through a second divorce really gave me the uh, wake up call that I kind of needed to like, Hey, you need to kind of get your shit together because you, you can either listen to that feeling that you have inside of yourself for so long, or it's just going to smack you upside the head. And so I had to make that choice when I went through my second divorce. One, I was either going to go down the deep path of just continuing to drink because I could easily just pick up on alcohol and just drink and numb it out. Or two, I was going to pull it together and actually figure it out. And so I got divorced and we separated in May. And then that next February, I left my corporate job to do coaching. So it was a long journey uh, through that process. And I often share because one of the key things for me as a mom and for those that are parents is we always put ourselves last. And I had gotten so burnt out in the corporate world. And I called my friend and I said, I don't want to be a parent. I don't want to mom anymore. Mm. I don't want to pee a pay. I don't want to, like, I'm done. Like, come get my kids. And she goes, you know, you really have two choices. One, you can check yourself into somewhere and get help. And, you know, I'm like, no, I don't need help. Like nobody needs help. Right. And, or two, <laughs> you can take a momcation and that momcation completely changed my life. It took me a long time to wrap my head around taking a momcation, a solo vacation. Everybody thought I was crazy because I never taken a vacation by myself. So that really shifted things for me was having that time and the space to actually start sorting things out. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love that you took a momcation and I advocate for that so freaking much, but I want to go back to where you shared, like, I know a lot of moms feel this way. I don't want to be a parent anymore. I've felt that way. Even like yes. as of not that long ago, like, I don't want to be a parent anymore. I, I don't want these kids. What, you know, almost a, I don't know if this was true for you, but I've been in that space where it's like a dis, like you disidentify. I probably just made that word up, but disidentify yourself from being a mom. Yes, absolutely. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I had gotten to the point, you know, my entire life. And part of this was you know, I always put so much pressure on myself as a mom and especially a single mom, you know, their dad was an alcoholic and is no longer in the picture mm -hmm. of their life. And so I put so much pressure on myself to be this mom and giving them everything that they needed that I forgot myself completely, but I kept telling myself, Oh, you, you know, you're still taking time for yourself because I was working out every, every day I worked out, you know, five days a week. So I thought I was still taking enough time for myself physically. Yes. I was getting in the shape. I had lost, you know, a lot of weight. I was powerlifting competitively, but mentally I was taking zero time for myself, zero filling my own cup up. And I had gotten to that point where I'm just like, I, I can't even parent. I don't want to parent. And it's what I found. And that's not been the only time I felt like that. What I found is <laughs> when I don't fill myself up first, and I put so much pressure on myself to be that parent, that perfect parent and give them, give my boys the world. Then I, I just drain myself and, and no, we're not the only moms that feel like this. I know tons of other moms that are said the same thing, but what's interesting, what I had to realize is when my youngest told me one day, he looked at me, he goes, mom, you are being too much. And I was like, what do you mean I'm being too much? <laughs> And he goes, he's like, you're trying so hard. We just love you just the way you are. And that oh. was really a reality check I needed because here I was trying to be the perfect parent 
And our children don't expect perfection. They just want us to love them. Mm. And I really had to understand my boys' expectations of me as a parent were minimum. I was the one putting that expectation on myself. I was burning myself out, trying to give them the world. And so as parents, we need to realize, one, stop comparing ourselves to every other parent out there. And two, your your kid, you're going to be enough for your child. You just need to love them. Isn't that so interesting how we compare ourselves to the outside world, all of the other women and men on social media and what they have and what they've got when the only, and we don't even necessarily need our children's approval, but like, that's who we get to turn to. We get to turn to ourselves, but we also get to turn to our kids. Like our focus is on the wrong space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Like, and I love that you said that, you know, you realized you you were working out, you were taking care of yourself, but there is a difference. There is a difference. And that's why when I ask many of my clients, well, what do you do for self-care? And they're like, oh, I go work out and exercise. And I'm like, is this your norm? Is it, a, is it part of your routine now? Is this just what you do? Because it's time to shake it up. And that's not like you shared, not taking that mental break. Yeah, there's a difference between the mental, the mental and the physical side. And I think for powerlifting, it allowed me one to get through the hard times. And mm-hmm. powerlifting gave me a lot of mental strength. Just working out gave me mental strength. But I had gotten to the point where powerlifting was good to fill myself up, but I needed, I needed more. I needed more of that self care and that self love, because an hour of that is not self love or self care to the to the amount that I needed. Yeah. So what does that self-care look for you, like for you now? What is that mental break actually like for you now? Oh my goodness. It's completely shifted. <laughs> uh, so it's completely shifted. So right now for a lot of the, the self-love and I've more so focused on self-love because self-care seems to be, my self-care seems to be on point, right? I feel satisfied there, but the self-love part is, um, and I'm still working on, I'm still working on getting there is I'm single mom, right? I am working on loving myself, all the deep shadows, everything that comes to surface, loving myself so much that I'm okay with every aspect of my life. And a lot of that is shadow work. A lot of that self-love comes for me is monitoring my self-talk because my self-talk is so, I understand how crucial it is. So it's monitoring your self-talk. Um, what am I intaking? I completely stopped um, scrolling social media. I post and I get off. Mm. Um, so that way I don't necessarily have to get caught up and going down a rabbit hole. And I love to listen to content. I love to watch other people's contents, but I'm in a phase right now where I'm creating, I'm writing a book. I'm creating another program. I don't need to be intaking other content because I want all mine to be original, if that makes sense. Yeah. So part of that self-love is creating those boundaries for myself, you know, social media, no post, get off done. And, um, now it's going to the beach, you know, just taking my laptop and going to the beach and writing, Mm. um, creating that time and telling my boys, I've had to create some boundaries with my boys, which has been interesting because I never seen myself creating boundaries with my children. But there's times, you know, I'm in a creative mode and I, and they're old enough, you know, they're 12 and 14 to know, hey, I need an hour. 
and they don't care, but it makes, it made me used to make me feel guilty for saying, Hey, I need an hour of uninterrupted time if they're not in school, you know? So that's a lot of what the self-love looks like for me is really monitoring the internal world. I love that so, so much. And kudos to you for like understanding and seeing, okay, I'm, I'm posting and I'm getting off. And so there's two, there's a couple, two things that I want to go with on this is the first one is that I know the, the business moms out there, the business women are going, okay, wait a minute, you just post and you get off, but aren't you supposed to be engaging and in the DMS trying to, you know, build relationships and all of the things. So how can you help them come to a place of like, it's okay to, it's okay to take this time. Yeah. And I think for me, I had to come to that place. And, um, and, and the way I feel about for those moms that are in business is one is understanding that you don't have to sell in the DMS to sell and people that have been watching your content and listening to whether it's your podcast, your YouTube, your stories or whatever, there's, you're still going to resonate with them, whether you engage with them or not. So I don't necessarily have that belief anymore. I used to believe that, oh, I got to, you know, engage with all, I still engage on my post, but I don't engage in other people's posts right now. just strictly because I'm in a creative mode. So if you are running a business, maybe it's setting that standard of, you know what, for 15 minutes, I'm going to allow myself to engage. And then I'm getting off. If that makes you feel you know, better about no engagements, because I do know, you know, Instagram specifically your, um, you tend to, your algorithm tends to go down if you don't engage. But for me, I'm okay with that because I know mentally I'm going to have a clearer head and I'm going to be in a better headspace. And it's yeah. just numbers. If I start engaging, my numbers are going to come back up. So for those that have that business, you don't have to be tied to constantly engaging, to constantly doing that. So if you're allowed to take a break and the other thing you have to do, remember too, is it's your platform. You can do whatever you want to do. And (laughs) if you show up on your stories and be like, you know, I have decided I'm going to take a step back and I'm not going to engage. And that's, you know, that's my choice. I didn't make that announcement because I didn't feel like I needed to make that announcement. I just posted, still did my thing and went off. Now, in a, in a month or two, when I'm done, like creating everything more than likely, yes, I'll go back to engaging because I like to engage with others. I love social media for that purpose. Um, but I also did a Facebook cleanup in the groups that I'm part of, you know, turned off my notifications in these groups. You don't have to leave the group, but turn the notifications off if you're not, you know, getting value out of that group or whatever. And the content that you create, you're going to resonate with whoever you're going to, you need to resonate with. Yeah. A thousand percent. I just did that Facebook group cleanup because when we're in our space, we get, we, we meet all these amazing women in our networks and they all have groups and they all want us to be a part of. And so I did that cleanup and I love that you, like, I think that there's a belief here. Like my belief is my energy of who I am and what I share is so powerful, that it's going to draw in who needs to come across my profile. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And that's, and that's the belief to have. But if you watch all, if you watch what, you know, society and marketing and entrepreneur world, a lot of them are like, Oh, selling the DMs, selling the DMs, you know, that's good. If that works for you, you know, if that works for you and you're comfortable with it and that's where you want to do your, your time and energy, go for it. But that's not my choice. I, you know, I choose a different route, but I was very much stuck in that belief for a long time. Yeah. I love, love that you shared that because I've recently come to this space of, okay, I don't have to be doing all of the things, you know, and we get caught up in that. And 
it really truly is my belief. It's about the energy behind it. And if you're doing all the things and it's killing you and burning you out, that's what's going to be felt. No matter how many people you have conversations with, that's what's going to come across. So I love that you shared that. And then the, I also wanted to go back to, you know, we're talking more about this self-love and that's part of self-love, like really tuning into who are you, who are you and how do you want to show up in your business or how do you want to show up as a mom or how do you want to show up as a, you know, a partner or in relationships, but on the opposite side of that self-love is that self-judgment. And I know, and I know your story and we're not going to go, I know a lot of people heard in the beginning, you know, the Amish culture. Oh my gosh, let's dive into that. Emily has so much content out there. You guys, I will post the links for you to go find out more about her journey. And we'll probably talk a little bit about it here, but where that self-judgment you have experience with that share a little bit about that and how, you know, how do, how do we let go of that? Man, self-judgment is something that will eat you alive. And I know this from dealing with it. So kind of just a backstory in the Amish culture, their belief is, and I'm going to share this so you understand the concept of it, but um, one, you don't ever get divorced. There's no divorce in the Amish culture ever. Two, if you leave the culture, you are considered um, shunned or banned or whatever word you want to put on it. And so when I left the culture, I was told, you know, don't come back, don't associate with us, you know, all of your family, it's gone and it's done. I knew this when I made the choice to leave. I also left in the middle of the night because to avoid confrontation. So I left in the middle of the night for that reason. So all these things, you know, no divorce is allowed, all these things. And what happens? I leave the culture. And so I know I'm already being judged by my family for that. Second, I get a divorce, not one, but two. And so all of these things are stacking up against me, what I you know, feel like is against me. And I judged myself so hard. I am, and a lot of times, most, most of us are harder on ourselves than anyone else is going to be on ourselves. And I had to come to a place of first, I had to forgive myself. I could forgive um, my ex. I could forgive my parents. I forgave a lot of people and allowed grace, but never allowed that for myself. And I didn't stop judging myself until I forgave myself. I had to forgive myself. And it was a process. It didn't happen overnight. It did not happen overnight. And the little things that we do, and a lot of it starts with the awareness. I had to have the awareness that I was doing it. I judge myself when I'm one minute late. If I have a Zoom call and I'm not one minute early, I'm late. Why? I mean, it's not going to kill anybody one minute, right? But I have such high expectations of myself. You know, you're never late. You don't do this. You don't do that. All these things I judged myself for. You know, I would judge myself for um, the boys are out of school and they just came home and I'm still working. You know, all these small little things that I was judging myself or, you know, if there was a piece of cake. I'm just going to have the piece of cake for the day and maybe in a cookie and maybe a brownie on top of that, whatever fits. Right. So I would constantly judge myself and I had to be aware of my programming and be aware of my self-talk and forgive myself. And I, and there's, it's interesting because I thought once I forgave myself once, you know, then then I wouldn't be done. (laughs) It's, it's never ending. It's always going to happen because each day you're going to do things, you know, you're not in your highest version of yourself each day. You're going to do those things and you're going to be able to forgive yourself again. And so the self judgment doesn't stop 
until you can really truly forgive yourself and allow yourself compassion and grace because that is what you deserve. And I say this all the time on my platform is if you are breathing, you are always worthy. You're worthy of love. You're worthy of compassion. You're worthy of everything you desire. And so understanding that and knowing that that self-judgment does not serve you. So, so powerful. I, you're so spot on. We are, we always leave ourselves out of that, right? I, okay. I need to forgive my mom. I need to forgive my dad. I need to forgive. Yeah. Like I need to forgive. Okay. I can do that. But we always leave ourselves off of the list. Yes. We forget. And I always, I call it the baseball bat. We take out the baseball bat and we beat ourselves over the head. Like it used to be a regular thing. Now I keep it in the closet, you know, um, <laughs> and I still pull it out. I know where it's at. Right. And it's true that self-forgiveness and it's a process. I know that I have gone through this journey thinking, okay, if I just want and done, wanted to, okay. Oh, forgive me. I'm done. I'm right. It's good. Right. We're done. And then, oh, wait, I'm a human being and things come up and that baseball bat comes back out. All the time, all the time. And it's, it's having the awareness, but once you have that awareness, you can stop it, right? Then you don't have to go down that path. You'd be like, um, no, actually, I'm not going to go down that path. And it's understanding where, for me, it was understanding where my talk was coming from. Is this my ego talking or is this really my heart talking? And I always say, you know, I'm not sure who said this quote, but the ego yells and the heart whispers. So sometimes mm. we have to be very quiet and ask ourselves, is this coming from my heart? Is this coming from love? Or is this coming from, you know, ego versus love or fear versus love? Because the two can't exist at the same time. So you're either talking to yourself in fear or out of love. And so when I remind myself and I ask myself, okay, where am I coming from? Or as some people say, is this coming from scarcity or abundance? Yeah. Yeah. And the beautiful tool or thing about this tool too is you do learn how to not, you know, take that self-judgment out so much. You yes. learn how to show up in a more loving way. The voice in your, in your head is comes from more of that space of love rather than ego or fear. And so it transforms it. So you're not having to go through this forgiveness process all the time, but right. it's a, it's an important tool and it's right there and ready. So it becomes the norm where, where you get to a point where you don't even realize you're doing it. You, it, I think almost in one step, you're like, oh my God, how dare you eat that brownie? You know, it's okay. You're yes. like, like right there. It's that dual voice thing going on. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's so interesting because there's so many things that we do that to ourselves that a lot of times we're not even aware of. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Awareness is key. It's the biggest, like, that's the first step. Everybody's like, okay, how do I even do this? Well, you're aware. If you're aware of it, then you, that's where that puts you in that space of power and, and you know, where you can start to step into something new. Uh, you have a choice. You then have a choice yes. of w what direction you want to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. Emily. So you said you're working on a book. What's the book about? Be honest, I have six on my laptop. So um, <laughs> I just am trying to get one published. Um, and I'm kind of torn on which one's going to be first. One um, is called, it's kind of like a guide to self-love. And it's called Go Ahead and Fall in Love with Yourself. 
And the other book is about how to become the best version of yourself. I don't have a title for it yet. Um, so those two are the most, the ones that are the closest to being finished and um, super excited about both of them. And actually all six of them, once I can get them published and done. <laughs> I love it. Are you writing a book about your experience in your, in the Amish culture? So yes, those are, <laughs> that's, that's a huge book, but I kind of feel like with that, uh, one of the things I have come to the terms of more than likely, it's going to have to be more than one book. It's not going to be all be able to be put in all in one book. So I have a lot of that wrote, but I'm going to be completely honest. It sometimes still triggers me to sit down and write that book. Yeah. So that one's a slower process. And because, you know, things, memories will come up and those are things that I still have to process and I still have to go back and remember, but it's been very interesting for me to, to do self-reflection and see because I have compartmentalized and blocked and numbed a lot of that out. And as I'm sitting there writing, I want to write the real raw truth. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm sitting there writing that, sometimes it's like reliving it. And so that triggers, you know, emotions and feelings and all these things come up. So yeah, that eventually, yes, is eventually going to be published. I can only imagine like what that brings up and what, and what that process is like. And I just, I just honor you so much. And I love that you're, you're on this journey and that we, you know, we, our paths have crossed because I know you're doing such big and beautiful things. And those boys are so lucky to not even lucky, like God obviously blessed you with those, like those, he knew what he was doing when he placed those, those boys in, in your life. And I think it's just amazing all of the things that you're doing and creating. What else do you have going on that you're, that you're working where people can find you and, and work with you? Yeah. And thank you for those compliments. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so I am actually creating a four month container of surviving to thriving. And I'm opening up this space for those that really just want to start over and they are done surviving. And so mm. I'm, uh, creating that, that will start in July sometime. And for those that are looking for like free downloadables or any kind of content that I produce, the best place to go to find all of it is my website, which is emilyadams.net. I love it. I love it. How I know that there are so many out there who are in that surviving space and they're just like, how can I get from here to there? Like, what do I need to do? And that's why we're here, right? Because we know trying to go at it alone does not work. It'll get you so far, but if you really want that, that step up to live in that place of thriving and freedom and beauty and self-love, like it's doing it with other people who've, who've been there and who can show you the way it'll definitely cut your, your process in half. That's for sure. <laughs> I love it. Emily, is there anything else on your heart that you want to share before we go? Don't wait to live. That's been my thing, you know, mm -hmm. don't wait to live. Don't wait to um, have a happy life. And um, if you think that you can't have it all, start there because that's your limiting belief. Yes, 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 yes. I cannot even, oh my gosh, yes. Thousand, thousand percent. I love that so, so much. I will post all the details in the show notes, of course, of where you guys can find Emily. Emily, thank you so much for being here and sharing your light with the audience. And I just know big things are coming your way. Thank you for having me.
much for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who has a powerful story and are doing big things, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you helped me get this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way to take 60 seconds, leave me a five-star review, and share this episode with a girlfriend. Don't forget to tag me on social media, and if that's not your thing, shoot me a DM because I would like to personally thank you for doing so. We are not meant to do this life alone, and I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time.